I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, does any of this make sense? Or not? Welcome to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. Uh, my name is Joe. I'm joined, as always, by Wheels, and this week, I'm also joined by Nick Clay. Whoa. Yeah. That's me. That's you. That's me. So this week, uh, this is our Ansem, our final mix Ansem report. <laughs> Such a good name. I'm so glad this is the name of the episode. Um <laughs> So we decided to bring on a guest. Um, so Nick, tell us both about yourself and your relationship with the Kingdom Hearts franchise. So uh, I am a I, I'm I'm an internet celebrity. Uh, I'm I'm one of the most famous people on Inter.net. <laughs> Uh, you've certainly seen my name uh, for for such hit projects like uh, uh, mixing and recording a couple Larksburg albums and uh, making a couple videos that that got ignored on the Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> subreddit. Um, no, uh, I I am a a musician and a a, a filmmaker. Uh, I I make all sorts of YouTube content and also music type content. Uh, but more importantly than any of that. Uh, I, uh, have played some of the games in the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> series. Um, Which, and, uh, Joe and I were talking about beforehand, we were talking to you beforehand, how, um, when we were originally talking about what does having a guest on this show look like, one of the things we talked about is, uh, is that whether, it's probably not every time, but at least occasionally when we have guests, it might be fun to have people who aren't, uh, you know, they're not like super kingdom hearts experts because the whole point of our show is to explain the plot of kingdom hearts to that exact yeah. person who's like maybe played a game or two and is and is looking into getting mm. into the newer ones so so we've uh, that's sort of how we set things up but what uh which of the games have you played nick uh so i'm i'm totally going to like out myself as being really young here but uh i got kingdom hearts for graduating the, the 3rd grade um oh, wow. kingdom hearts one uh on on ps2 but i never got super far in it because uh my dad was the one of the two of my parents with a ps2 and i didn't see him super frequently so like mm -hmm. i think i got about as far as like the the hercules area uh and then i got chain of memories and my my child brain was desperate to try to follow the plot <laughs> of that but of course <laughs> We are I, going to be occupying yeah, that brain space yep. in like one week when we dive into Looking that particular. Looking forward to that um, uh, finger trap. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I I rented Kingdom Hearts two, but uh, I didn't get past the Roxas part in the beginning of the game because uh, th this is a huge tangent. But uh, I had a really bad sunburn when I rented that game, and uh, at the same time, my <laughs> right cousin on your also thumb. rented. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, my cousin also rented uh, 
a DDR game and we were switching off every half hour, but at a certain point he just decided that, that we were just going to play DDR the whole mm. time. So I didn't get to play very much of it at all. <laughs> made me very sad. That's like a, that's like a, that's a memory that stands out to me very like distinctly for some reason from my childhood is just me feeling really bad. Uh, and then I, I, I actually bought a PSP go to play uh, birth Sorry, by I'm sleep. gonna have to stop you there. Which, what is a PSP Go? A PSP Go is like a PSP, but with no UMD drive. And then I realized uh, that Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep was UMD only. Oh, rip. so I bought it for no reason. Yep, and I think that's it. That's like, that's like almost all the games. Oh, I guess I played some of the the three. 65 over 17 <laughs> days in a row 30 days and 30 Actually, nights that's exactly right no <laughs> uh i yeah so like i i have very tangential knowledge of like aspects of each of the entries but no really consistent perfect information this per- do, do we want to segue into the into the game uh from yeah we Joe? can because we'll probably continue to just have conversations throughout it yeah um so we we uh nick what we're gonna do is we're gonna play our sort of Kingdom Hearts spin on two truths and a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we invite you to sort of react along as I'm, as I'm reading these out. If you, it, to see like that, uh, say like, oh, that one sounds just ridiculous enough uh-huh. to be real or, or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, so the first, qu- the, the first question, these are all, except for the one that's fake. These, these are all quotes. They're all <laughs> uh, theoretical or actual quotes from various Kingdom Hearts games. Um, okay. Th- all of these questions, the things come from, you know, anywhere in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and your job is to pick out which of these quotes is not a real thing that a character said in Kingdom Hearts. So okay. your first option is, then we really are inside the datascape, just like Riku said. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by option two. You were able to go back in time to just before your home became a sleeping world only because a past version of you already existed there. That sounds about <laughs> right. That's option two. <laughs> option three. But if all you needed were our memories, why did you have to clone Riku's shadow? <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. It really, like, all of those sound completely conceivable to me. <laughs> it, it, I would, I would buy that it was any of them. Um, okay, so I'm gonna Let me say know if that you need me to reread any of them. I, I think the Datascape one is true because I definitely know that they go into Tron at some point. Mm. And, and that seems like there, there could be a correlation there. Mm-hmm. Um, that second one and the third one are so similar in their like impenetrability <laughs> that again I would completely buy that either would be accurate. Um, I th- I feel like it's it's maybe the the third one is the lie because it it, it almost feels like too good to be true. <laughs> so is like, that is that your final answer? Yes, it is. That is correct. Yeah. The the first you, you were you were close on the first quote, but it actually isn't from the Tron world. Uh, <laughs> the the they looks then we really are inside the datascape, just like Riku said. <laughs> uh, that quote comes from the mobile game, which was then remade for in one of the HD remixes. But originally, the mobile game uh, Kingdom Hearts coded, uh, wherein. Uh, uh, Jiminy Jiminy Cricket's journal 
mm-hmm. gets like um, the the data in it that's written down, but I guess I it's guess. still data. I don't know. Gets sort of like corrupted, and so mm. they make a digital version of it to be able to uh, figure out what's going on there. But then it turns out that they've been in the datascape the whole time. <laughs> was uh, was coded the one that was only available for like Japanese flip phones? I think so. That's like partially lost yeah. now. They remade it for yeah, the but, well, it that's not, recoded. Not, right? right yeah, that's recoded. Yeah. Yep. That's the one oh. that has uh, the dude from The World Ends With You in it, right? No. That's Dream Drop uh, Distance. That's the Dream Drop Distance. Yep. That that's the... Th- those are the same game in my mind. <laughs> They're they are on equal levels in terms of bullshit. Uh, what would you say, <laughs> ludicrosity? I don't even know how to nounify ludicrous. But so, that so that's like up... a that's like a sliding scale. Then like some some games are more buck wild than others. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that brings us to the second uh second true one, which was from Dream Drop Distance or 3D, depending on how you want to refer to that mm. game. Uh, that's the one where all of the all of the time travel yeah. comes Surprise, out, this has been a is... plot the whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's where that one comes from. And then the third one about cloning Riku's shadow is just some shit I made up. Which, um, I mean, kind of happens, though. Like, but there is... not, in the, not in so few words. Yeah, there is a Riku clone of darkness for inexplicably no uh, reason. <laughs> all right, but that you clone are... was then not itself cloned, is what you're saying. Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh, so you are one for one. Now we're going to get away from quotes, and I'm just going to read three plot points, and you are going to tell me uh, which one of them is fake. Okay. Uh, two of them are true. One of them is fake. Uh, first option, Aqua, a protagonist of Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, is granted the ability to speak with the dead by Jack Skellington, but never once in the series uses this power. <laughs> Option two, a boulder, twice Goofy's size, falls a few hundred feet and hits him directly on the I watched that suit. video two days ago. I know and that everyone assumes he died. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where they're like, we're going to get him. They'll pay. <laughs> um, I, won't, I won't react to not give it away. The third option is if you draw the letter X the right way, it becomes a tracking device. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... I'm going to say that my knee-jerk reaction is that the first one is the lie, but it is based in partial truth. Um, That this is a sort of contortion of true things that are real. Uh, Like, perhaps she does use this ability, um, but that 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 is where the the lie lies. Uh, The second one, I know for a fact, is true, without a doubt. I... I I have a screen cap of an annotation uh, that appears in the YouTube video of that scene uh, on my Ugh. desktop right now. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's just like an annotation that says Goffy would take a bullet. Uh, I, I think about that basically on a daily basis. So um, is uh, oh okay. And then and then as for the third one. Uh, I feel like that one sounds like ludicrous enough to be true. Um, I I'm gonna go ahead and say that it is the first one. Final answer? Yes. 
Correct again. That's two for two. Yes. Uh, I no. Th- this one isn't like a trick answer. Like she does actually talk to dead people. Um, it's just <laughs> it's just a thing I made up whole cloth. They don't even have the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas world in that game. But you know, it just I didn't. Sounded like I didn't thing. think that they did, but I I was totally ready to believe it because yeah. w- when I did play that game. I got really fixated on the idea of 100%ing it, so I never got past the seven dwarves mm. area. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I spent, right. like, a really long time trying to make my way through that and then and then just dropped it and started Yeah, it'll take you a while instead. playing that way. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, so now that we've gone through it, we can all, as a group, react to how <laughs> ridiculous it is that the game, for a, a, approximately three minutes in Kingdom Hearts 2, tries to convince you that Goofy dies. Yeah, okay, I, I, I kept wanting to blurt that scene out and just be like, can we please talk about this at some point? Because it is the part of Kingdom Hearts lore that means the most to me, but I didn't want to derail the conversation too much. Uh, well, so it I'm turns really out the glad. rail was going there anyway. Yeah, you picked a perfect guest <laughs> for these questions. Um, yeah, I Alyssa showed me that video uh, recently, uh, and and I was blown away. I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> it was one of those things where like it felt very like exponential in like how baffled and startled I was by it. Where like it starts off and I'm like, oh, this is weird, and then I'm like oh my god, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And then it takes the jump to just full on, like, this can't be real. This is a Gmod. Like, I'm watching a Gmod parody. But no, it's a real thing that the, really happens. For the for the listener, uh, it's, it's somewhere around... Uh, so in Kingdom Hearts 2, um, one of the, like, big accomplishments that i think that that franchise is very proud of is creating a set piece where set piece where you fight against 1000 heartless it's right around there Mm -hmm. in in the plot of kingdom hearts 2 and uh uh you and uh, so sora donald and goofy are i think about to have that fight uh, or maybe it's it's right after but before it's there's this you fight demons okay um and oh yeah then Whose name is that backwards? Uh, uh so it's not backwards. Oh no, that's one. Of, it's 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 somebody's name rearranged yeah. but with an X in it, right? That's, that's correct. How that works? And I don't okay. think we I don't think we know who Demix's original person. Was. Fair enough. It's um, it's hard enough to come up with thirteen people, yeah. let alone twenty six. They got clever with some of them. Like when you when you look at when you look at uh, Zaldin, and you're like, mm, they're not they're not getting their way out of that one. <laughs> Uh, but then it's just oh it, that is just Dylan. Uh, t- turns out that is just Dylan. Anyway, uh, so so in that in that scene, uh, Donald, Goofy, and Sora are about to, uh, you know, are are in that area in in uh, Hollow Bastion, and and Mickey shows up and says something about something, and then a heartless blows up the top of this uh, like. Uh, cliff i guess which creates a giant boulder which hits goofy directly in the face and it goes into like matrix slow motion right like yeah and he yeah and he goes he's flying back (laughs) tens of yards slams into the edge of the cliff and then he's out cold and there's a there's a like don't die on me damn it moment where yeah like there's no music it's like dead silent for a moment (laughs) when everybody's like in shock and panic they're like what like (laughs) it 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 takes this ridiculous tonal shift 
and it isn't it isn't content for just one shift either because <laughs> then they leave him because i guess like they didn't bother to check to see if he had a pulse still and they just go on with the fight yeah no and then mickey just like, yells two minutes oh yeah mickey's like up and ready for revenge like he's gonna go slaughter all these heartless <laughs> finally goofy's dead so i can avenge him <laughs> uh and then he just comes back and he's like hey just kidding i'm alive i've been hit on the head before <laughs> and then it, they pretend like it never happened yeah no it never gets mentioned uh, again but that's literally the line is i get hit in the head all the time yep uh and then yeah the third thing uh, about uh yeah this is weird uh so there's a there's a special way of writing the letter x that's uh, that the the franchise has this idea that the letter x is the oldest letter in existence but it's not actually the letter x it's uh <laughs> it should be pronounced as either kai or ki yeah uh and sure and then like that uh symbol uh is related to a very important item called the keyblade, but not K-E-Y, just the axe <laughs> thing, which then in turn all of the, yeah, which then in turn all of the keyblades that, for example, Sora uses are imperfect copies of the axe pronounced keyblade. Uh, and for some reason, because Sora has that letter on his shirt in one of the games, it allows um, the villains to track him down. Mm-hmm. What uh, uh... Yeah. How much of this plot do you think they had figured out after the first game? A whopping none. <laughs> okay, thoughts. We're so. talking about that specific stuff. Yeah, I would guess very little, um, for sure. And that's pretty much fantastic. Joe. Would you, that's pretty much the conversation we've been having this whole podcast. Is man, Joe? Would you say? Would you say like maybe maybe the idea of like a perfect like platonic ideal of the Keyblade? might have existed as like a twinkle in tetsuya nomura's eye maybe as like an important thing for a future game i don't know because the first game like the first game presents this text where it's like it's weird that there's a second keyblade to the point where like (laughs) yeah that's even even though like throughout the whole first game sora is getting different keyblades well let let, let's let's be accurate about this (laughs) those are different (laughs) keychains that yeah, change the appearance, oh, of which course. make his keyblade look different. Mm-hmm. That's of right. Of course. Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump in. Uh, I think I think up to now it's been a little easy. This this is the final question, and I think okay. this one is going to be the most difficult as well because instead of uh, two truths and one lie, this is let's see one two three four truths and one lie. Oh my um, goodness. I had to have one where at least it was possible that you wouldn't get it right. So uh, <laughs> the. the this this round is keyblade names. We were just mm. talking about the various names of these keychains that change the appearance of your keyblade. Um so and these are all names of those keychains from games throughout the series, uh, except one of them is fake. We have Abaddon Plasma, Decisive Pumpkin, <laughs> Fire Up Jackpot, No Name, and Literally Just an Umbrella called Umbrella. <laughs> Oh, this is tough. Um okay. So so right off the bat, Decisive Pumpkin, I believe, because I had a friend who cosplayed uh the the Halloween Town Sora once. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so thankfully I have that in 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 the noggin somewhere. Um what were the others? Fire Up Jackpot umbrella no name and 
something Abaddon I couldn't... Plasma. Right, okay. Um... The Umbrella one has to be real. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way that something that absurd you would just make up and put in there. Like, that's... that That, that, that is... There's no way that is not a very real thing in this series, uh, which we'll have to talk more in depth about after I've answered this. I'm going to say that Fire Up Jackpot, is that the one? Is that the final answer? Yeah, I'm going to say that's the fake one. God damn it, Nick. You got them all. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I I want to say, though. I have no idea how you did. Even even (laughs) though I got those right. Those were all incredibly difficult, and your your fake answers were excellent for each of them. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed by your 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 uh, dedication. So for Abaddon Plasma, well, thank you first of all. Uh, but then for Abaddon Plasma, that comes from Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over Two, uh, or how, however you want to pronounce that title. Uh, all of the king, all of the keyblades from that game have uh, sort of interesting titles because they're keyblades that are wielded. You play as like, you don't play as villains, but you play as people working for the villains essentially. So the keyblades you get are kind of uh, goth. So they all have weird yeah. names. Um, Decisive Pumpkin, you, you nailed it. Is uh, it's the Kingdom Hearts two version of the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween Town. It's keyblade. really good. It is, um, yeah. Both both in design and one of the better keyblades in the game to use. <laughs> I chain. I I was really struggling on on the perfect fake name to use uh, for which ended up being Fire Up Jackpot. Uh, it was a. Ori- I originally called it uh, Firefox Chrome, <laughs> but then realized, <laughs> but then realized that would probably be a little too obvious. And so that morphed into Fire Up Jackpot, which I thought sounded like a real thing. See, the, um, I totally had this this image in my head of like what that could possibly look like, <laughs> and like the thing, me. yeah. So I don't know. I just imagined it like being like having like a like a red like handle, and probably like the the like the key part being like a in the shape of like a fireball or something. Um, there's a concept artist somewhere who's just scribbling <laughs> furiously for for Kingdom Hearts four Six. colon two point eight six and a half Kingdom uh, Hearts fifty first dates. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know why that one stood out to me. I think because like I thought No Name was for sure the name of the normal base Keyblade. Um, ah, so so the base Keyblade is called Kingdom Key. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Uh, No Name is uh so the, kingdom hearts is one of those things that some franchises do where in the later uh entrance in the series it's like actually the real villain behind the first game's machinations was this guy you've never met and he's the really bad one I love uh, and, Gear and Solid. that's sort of sort of what uh yeah <laughs> that's sort of what uh kingdom hearts well pretty much every sequel after the first one does um and there's this guy, Xehanort, who's, uh, long story short, real bad. And he has a very, very old keyblade, a keyblade so old, uh, well, a keychain so old that it's just called No Name. And it's very edgy. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the literally just an umbrella called Umbrella 
it, it's apparently, and I didn't know this, apparently in, it's like a running joke in Final Fantasy VII related games where uh, certain characters, both like the original and in the um, litany of spinoffs, and some of them, including the original, you get a, a joke weapon that's just an umbrella. Um, and the same is true for Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2, where one of the keychains you get makes your keyblade just literally an umbrella called Umbrella. I did not know that about Final Fantasy VII. I got about as far as when Cloud wasn't wearing a dress anymore, and I was like, all right, I'm not interested. Yeah, I got what's past the, point the best anymore? part. Yeah. You pulled me back in, and then you pushed me away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember uh, I played that with a friend of mine, and we named uh, Cloud Dane Cook. <laughs> and uh let me tell you the the dialogue in that game is non-stop fun when your character is named dane cook maybe that's all maybe that's what i need to get me into final fantasy 7 yeah um dane cook yep i just i just remember like the one that got us the most for some reason was there was a line of dialogue that was just like dane cook stop <laughs> I felt like that was that really spoke for itself. Yeah, that's the end of our our game, and I think we'll uh, at this point uh, cut back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, but Nick, thanks for thanks for coming on. Uh, is yeah, there, of course. Is there any are there any places on the internet you'd like folks to find you? Um, I have a YouTube channel. Is just my name, Nick Clay. I think there's like an underscore in there or something. You can find that just by going to my Twitter account, which is at Nick Clay. Well, no, that's not true. It's at Nick underscore Clay. I don't know. And that's I, Nick just N I K, correct? It, it is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I I always forget that that's not obvious uh, <laughs> because it's not at all. Um, yeah, just N I K underscore C L A Y. That's me. I make stuff for the internet um what i want to know is when we can get some uh some synergy going between uh toxonic to me and uh and this show um now we're that i've already been one on, step on we're show. already yeah. one step yeah. towards that yeah so uh for those not in the know i do a somewhat similar show on said youtube channel called toxonic to me where uh, my girlfriend and i talk about uh the sonic franchise one character at a time and it is a lot <laughs> it's really good and it's it's just as dense it's because like you die you really dive in and then with us it's like why is this fucking boat able to do these things <laughs> that boat shouldn't be able to do in the kingdom hearts universe yeah the 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 equivalent for that is like why in this one particular game does this character have like detailed rendered toes find out more <laughs> at Toxonic to me but yeah, thank thank you all for having me. It was it was great to be on. Uh, I I loved the the game that you guys did. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, totally. So here we are, back to the um, ordained order of things. Two voices across the internet. Uh, it was fun having that little game with Nick. It was fun having Nick on. But we've got work to do, Joe. Yeah, we do. And we got to figure out all of the dirty details of the last few worlds of this game yeah um yeah so that we're recording this at two different points you can probably tell because i sound sick now and i didn't when we had nick on um which i regretted to mention that entire time i wanted to name that bit um you me and goofy 
and <laughs> I um, uh, I's gone forever. Uh, but I guess next time I'll remember to bring it up. But yeah, so that was good, and now we have approximately thirty minutes or so to discuss. I guess I guess really just from Hollow Bastion to the end. Uh, in a, in a final mixed answer report. So it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, you said you didn't really have anything um, to to really bring up. I mean, I do. I mean, there are like the big, there's, there are sort of in my eyes, three, there, there are little things we could choose to bring up, but in my eyes, there's sort of three larger moments. Two of them are very related, okay. but like there, there's, we alluded to it in, I think I can't remember if it was ended up being the first or second Hollow Bastion episode as like the most important event in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Okay. Like that that will have the moment where Kingdom uh, where I was about to call Sora Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Confirmed. This is why I'm Confirmed. not. A, he is. Kingdom I am. Hearts. I am only. It is only nine o'clock, but this is exactly why I shouldn't be allowed to record podcasts in the evening. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so when Kingdom Hearts wants to unlock, no, when Sora unlocks his own heart and, um, you know, cries havoc and lets slip the dogs of war, um, like so much happens there, um, which I guess like wouldn't take long to just say. That causes him to have a heartless, which causes because he's strong willed, that causes him to have a nobody, which That's, is Roxas. Is that the egregious part, or is that just a thing that happens? Because I'm I'm still confused how he made himself a heartless doing that. Um that's That's a fair question because we saw the last time it was used it turned Maleficent into mm-hmm. a dragon. Well that that's the um, thing, because it, it, it unleashes it unlocks a heart. I don't watch the details again. Because would that just be, oh, there was darkness in Sora's heart and now it, he's a heartless? Or because it like... Because I, I made a joke that it, it, it really didn't even... It kind of just clipped his heart because he was he got to Kyrie's first. Um, yeah. But there's, uh, there's well, even more complications think... than that because of Ventus. Right. Ventus is hanging out there too. For uh, So I... For listeners who are listening to this even this spoiler episode, even though they haven't played the prequel game, Birth by Sleep, um, in Birth by Sleep we follow three Keyblade wielders, um, one of whom is this boy Ventus, who ends up having um, sort of a chance connection with Sora, sort of just a weird, like, two destinies die i don't know it, it, they have a sort of a fateful encounter and it it causes their hearts to sort of be connected such that when um ventus uh, ends up going on a very long sleep at the end of birth by sleep uh, uh his, his heart is um hanging out to be restored with within sora's heart um so when sora uses the keyblade of heart on himself um and maybe you could argue that uh the dragon maleficent was actually like that's what maleficent's heartless was so maybe you I could mean, say that that's always what happens could, is but i mean she also takes that form in birth by sleep so i feel like it's it's not so uh, i i, I uh, 
She, yeah. I mean, she's a weird example anyway because she like has darkness powers, even though she isn't a heartless. So maybe there's something that has to do with just like how connected she is to the darkness within her. That when that happens to somebody who is predominantly light aligned, that that maybe that is why. Sora becomes a heartless where Maleficent her just, more evil, you know, self. activates her yeah. final form. I mean, potentially. Yeah. Um, but when that happens and Sora does that, um, we don't, we don't see this. I don't know where, I don't know what the rules are on where a nobody comes into existence when somewhere that happens. Else. But anyway, somewhere in the world, because yeah, uh, one of the answer reports, yeah, one of the answer reports touches on it. I'm trying, and even, like, 358 doesn't really touch on where, but I would guess, like, World That Never Was or Twilight Town? Based on the... That would make sense. Yeah. Is is what makes sense. Um, And that, and Roxas, which is Sora's nobody, happens to look like Ventus because Ventus was in there. But it's (laughs) it's Sora's heartless, not Ventus's. Sora's nobody, right? Yeah, yeah, nobody. That just happens to look like Ventus. And then... Even though typically humanoid nobodies look like their original. Yeah, no... That is not the case for Sora because there's so many hearts hanging out there. Yeah. Surprise. Um, Yeah, so I guess there's that. Was Was there any other, like, concerns about it or, like, questions? Or is it pretty... Because um, the whole, well, there, like that, those those are pretty much the big questions. Like, oh, okay, Roxas doesn't look like Sora, um, because of this. We could probably, like, we we don't have a set defined reason how he became a heartless, but it's also not completely out of the question. Sure, I I just think it was important to touch on because it was an aspect of that moment that we couldn't touch on without. Yeah talking about spoilers because as as roxas ends up going on like that that event there uh, catalyzes the events of the sequel with the exception of Um, the birth by sleep stuff right right and i think i also Um, made a point to bring it up um, right when he's he's back later in uh traverse town with Kyrie in the oath keeper scene he references losing his memories when he's quote-unquote falling into darkness um which I think is really interesting for um, mm. the nature of Roxas and um, his his purpose going forward. Um, and I guess also the next game that we're going to cover is also very mm, focused yeah. on that concept. Um, can I can I pose you with a question? Shoot. Why does Ansem Seeker of Darkness need a host? He's a heartless. <sighs> yeah. Um... That's my biggest one, so <laughs> probably. Hmm. Other than can beast time travel, but uh, that's more of a, a less so, uh, serious one, I think. Um, yeah, uh, that's a good point. Um, like it definitely feels like they didn't know he was a heartless when they first wrote it. Alternatively, that's not good enough for us. Yeah. Well, okay, so. There, there's the version of him that is uh, a shadow under a brown hood, 
um do you do you think that is seeker of darkness because i got the impression that was um the like proto ansem that is the heart floating through time that yes yep or well i guess Um, proto xehanort shit (laughs) yeah yeah that that that's what that that's what i've always thought that as, as being as the sort of time travel-y um the the xehanort that has time travel and is sort of disembodied and, and maybe there's a sense in which like because the heart that would go on to that at some point in this very confusing time travel timeline is turned into a heartless is already like disembodied and just like a time traveling cloak. Um, maybe because there's no like I, I, form I, I there that it that it that uh, that makes that makes it different when it turns so into I, a heartless and therefore I, needs I, a host. I get what you're getting at, but Ansem Seeker of Darkness is the heartless of Terranor. yeah the Terran or yeah. So. Where That's... does where does the time travel where in the timeline does the time travel I don't Xehanort think come from? We know for sure. If we if yeah. it might it might be uh explained in Dream Job Distance with neither of us are familiar with. Um so we might figure it out. Um or it might be part of uh Kingdom Hearts three. But for all intents and purposes right now, no clue. That's like one of the few things I don't know. Um Yeah. Well well maybe one of the many things I don't know. This is Kingdom Hearts, but Yeah it's it's rough it's maybe there's something about the fact that like what could have happened to justify this maybe the fact that that xehanort in tara's body is already person being inhabited means that when so first so like the body ends up being left over as zemnis the nobody archvillain of kingdom hearts 2 because the body is already there the body is already tara's body that's been taken over by uh xehanort's mind i guess and then the heartless of that uh we'll say composite person um ends up being ends up needing a host because because xehanort himself was already embodying someone else yeah, I mean that's a pretty good line of thought. Um because similar to how complicated Sora's dumb situation in is and and how yeah. his heartless doesn't look like him. I think it's you can justify something there that the heart that he is a heartless of does not belong to the body that it was in. Right. So that would kind of make sense. When do you point in the timeline that he becomes a heartless? Do you think like after answer report thirteen? Like obvi- obviously oh. after, but like how long after? Because I just realized how old Zimnus looks <laughs> I compared mean, to Terranort. I mean, what? There are only there's only there's only a ten year gap between Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts yeah, One. So, I mean, it could be anywhere in correct. There. So I mean, I mean that's not a huge amount of time, mm-hmm. um, so, but so probably, it could be on the later end of probably that. Probably on the earlier end if he aged so much. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So I guess that that's a pretty good justification for and some secret of darkness needing a 
body. Um, one of the, so you brought up a thing. So so one of the other uh, we'll just take turns, I guess. One of the things I wanted to bring up, and I realize we're being sort of scattershot, but um, hard not to. One of the things I wanted to bring up <laughs> is uh, is the moment where, uh, and it's another short thing, but the moment where Sora and Riku are sort of having a battle of wills to um be the champion of the to be the wielder of the keyblade um we had sort of spoken vaguely about how there were other forces going on there but generally it has to do with the fact that riku of the two of them is the one who is actually bequeathed a keyblade by terra um and Sora just happens to be able to be a Keyblade wielder because Ventus is, um, Ventus's heart resides within his own. And, and were that not the case, Sora wouldn't necessarily even be able to, yeah, to, um, to wield it. Between Riku being in the darkness and Ventus being like, oh, I can, I can pick up the slack. Um, it, it sort of leads Sora down this, this path he wouldn't be on otherwise. But, um, yeah, I definitely read into like the confusion of that power in Hollow Bastion. Um, in what way? What do you mean by that? Like, cause all right, so we can so it's Terra's power, and it was supposed to go to Riku, but like that sort of Sora like losing it to Riku and then taking it back. There's a lot to unpack there because we. I mean, I. I I kind of just read it as because I, I didn't know you could like transfer a bequeathing, but again, this is like I, weird. I, I kind of just read it as like th- this is a situation that isn't supposed to happen by by the normal uh, Keyblade rules, where someone has the ability to wield a Keyblade even though they weren't a recipient of the bequeathing yeah. ceremony. It's hard to say ceremony when it's really literally just you know you yeah. touch a keyblade but uh but uh, the fact that all of these variables are sort of broken i just kind of read it as it ends up breaking the um the sort of keyblade magic a, a little bit so it sort of glitches out for a while and um and as a result it's 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 merely whoever uh whoever's heart ends up being strongest in that moment is the one who is able to um to wield it and because there's sort of like uh one there's like more potential wielders in this case than there are uh in this situation than there are keyblades present it sort of makes things wonky i realize that's a weird reading but i i I think it makes sense yeah they're both pretty uh far-fetched but the text only gives us so much and that of, of what's going on in that scene um yeah it's weird um alternatively god fuck i just realized a whole other layer to it do you think riku has and some seeker of darkness's power at this point or is that given to him later no i i think i think I think Riku's darkness powers are, um, and in some ways his own, uh, because we see later in the franchise, he still has the ability to do darkness things. 
Um, so in some ways, that's that's him, and and I think legitimately he, it, he, even though he's being influenced by that that presence, like I I think, um, part of it is he is willing. You know, we see him at the beginning of the game being willing to step through, uh, the darkness, and I and I and I think that is more Riku than it is, um, Ansem's uh, Seeker of Darkness's influence, um. And but I think like he wouldn't necessarily have like these strong powers were it not the fact were, were it not that um, he had been sort of uh, touched by that evil uh, presence. But I think the moment at which that uh, at the moment at which Seeker of Darkness really takes control over Riku is is the moment we get after that scene where the hooded figure uh, encourages Riku to tap into the darkness in his heart therefore also tapping into um mm-hmm. the sort of seed of uh yeah so i think it's safe to assume they intended that to be the same ansem because of that scene but now now we know it's not yeah, now we know that, that but it, ansem yeah. was just sort of helping out right. seeker of darkness who i guess we haven't actually seen until he takes Riku, which is bizarre to think about. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Um, cause so, so my mind considered a possibility where if Ansem seeker of darkness had taken Riku sooner, um, technically he would have connections to Terra in a way that would justify, uh, confusing the keyblade even more, but that wasn't. Yeah. I think, happened. I think that presence is, is there i mean otherwise how would it be that riku searching into the darkness in his heart happens to just bring out ansem seeker of darkness i I think the text supports the idea that uh ansem was hanging out in there the whole um, like a lot longer through the majority of the story ever since that cloaked figure first interacted with we we could align ansem is as pulling strings more um then we see it's just so weird that they use this robed figure as a as a placeholder for him but it's not him um ultimately after we learn more which is weird also um but it also is him in a way it is (laughs) in a more ontological sense jesus the ontology of ansem what makes an ansem an ansem what are the the essential features what's the metaphysics of ansem let's not do that i'm I'm not interested in that (laughs) yeah um (laughs) i I already got my philosophy degree i don't need more of this uh, let's talk about all right so just to 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 tie up that that loose end i think it like riku doesn't have a keyblade of his own but he can continue to wield one and i think that's interesting and i'm assuming it's ansem's doing that um because he had Ansem Secret Darkness with him and was able to at one point wield a keyblade, he can still wield them because he takes yeah he takes Roxas's in the fight we see in the secret scene. Um, yep, and I mean that's probably the only example until he does Mark of Mastery, and I guess he uses Sora's at the end of Kingdom Hearts two, but that's um, that's pretty like uh, different, I think, comparatively. So. Yeah, in a shorter he, term thing. Mm-hmm. And he has his own like darkness sword that isn't a keyblade. But... <sighs> the 
other thing I had note I made a note of that I wanted to bring up was a sh- just a shorter thing, but just I noticed this this watch through of of Kingdom Hearts where um, Ansem is, is standing around Destiny Islands and uh, remarks how uh, this this place is a is like a prison to 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 people who who want to see more of the world, which um, he's describing Riku. Uh, he, he, sa- he says like people like Riku basically who, who want, who want more. Um, but also he's, he's describing and it, uh, he's describing himself because, because that's how that's like Zaynor was sort of stuck, stuck there for a while, which I, not allowed to comment on, but just like when you're playing kingdom hearts one as a um, singular piece, it's, it's a, interesting the game does an interesting callback to that later by placing uh xehanort there and and having him have destiny islands as as his own sort of prison um when you think he's just talking about riku until you get to that point in those later games yeah it actually is one of the few things that i think really actually worked out well based on Kingdom Hearts 1 as a source material. Not a lot of things do. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 1 kind of messes up a lot of things more than anything, which is the nature of this work. Like, they knew they were going forward, but, like, the ending of Kingdom Hearts 1 is so open-ended. Like, yeah, uh, there wasn't a whole lot. I guess they put them in the secret movie, but even that just sort of... You can't even tell much from it it's sort of just a lot of enigmatic spaghetti thrown at the wall uh-huh. like i think they had come up with this different force that were the nobodies in the organization but more pieces connected over time um so you think bees can time travel because sorry you, you can you say that again <laughs> you cut out all i heard was do you think oh um do you think bees can time travel? <laughs> no. Okay. Why? Why? How? I've thought about it a lot. Um, so you know how beast apparently you know how beast sort of just appeared in Hollow Bastion, like his yep. world was destroyed and yet he ended up there. Do you think? Like I got the impression like that it was possible that he could have just been a heart at one point, and then I was like, doesn't that mean? But I don't know. It's like I'm obviously joking, but at the same time I'm like, yeah. it's Kingdom Hearts. The depth is there. Fucking, he bequeathed his Keyblade to Jack Sparrow. Like this whole <laughs> franchise is stupid, and like this is one of the things yeah. where I'm like, well, I mean, you've presented it to me, so who knows? Um, I mean, I, 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 I realize you're being silly, but I do take the game at its word when it says that he made it to hollow bastion without a vessel through sheer force of will. And I think it fits the character this, uh, and, and especially in some ways more so how the character is presented in the kingdom hearts franchise than how beast actually acts in beauty and the beast in a weird way of, um, uh, someone who is, who is just sort of this, um, almost, uh, unending fountain of, willpower who this very singularly focused person um and and i and i think like that there there's a lot of magic in the kingdom hearts universe and i and a lot of that magic has its source in 
um, determination or I love pure heartedness. Yeah, me too. Or like pure heartedness or, or whatever. So I think this is just another example of, of that. As funny as it would be to to see Beast travel through time space. Yeah. Okay. Um, we should probably touch on the memory loss thing real quick, just because we know it now. Uh, what are you, are you talking when Xehanort, um, Terranort? Um, because we had oh yeah. We had this really good working theory that I prefer that he was pulling a, a Play-Doh and being the that, shitty... Yeah, the, it, to be specific, in writing the in writing Ansem, the Ansem reports. reports, yeah. Um, but, ult- but ultimately, no, it is just he stole Ansem's identity, but when he uh, separated from old Xehanort body and became Terranort, he lost his memory, um, which, okay, that makes... That actually probably is for the best because... My whole the the starting point of this question is why doesn't Ansem Secret Darkness know anything? Um, similarly to I don't know how much Simnus knows, but yeah, that would that would be a a plot hole if he didn't lose his memory. I think. Um, yeah, depending. Uh, on... And it's it's a weird. I don't know. It's all weird. Like because because then there's the time travel stuff where time travel Xehanorts are going around and, you know, like ensuring that these other versions of themselves come into the timeline and do what they're, uh, and, and join this, you know, uh, what do they call true organization 13 or whatever, yeah. where it's 13 Xehanorts. And, and it's just, it's, it's weird that like, 13 we don't see any of that collusion between all of these Xehanorts with the exception of, you know, shadowy, figure in a brown cloak occasionally uh speaking dark whispers into someone's ear it's it's weird that oh he lost his memory and yet like no one ever there's all these other versions of him no one ever clued him in i don't know yeah i'm I'm curious where in the time stream they're pulled obviously it's before they're destroyed um but also like i guess they're just filled in by i'm assuming young xehanort considering um so we'll figure that out as time goes on um my one last note is well i do have a note that uh brings attention to billy zane playing colonel sanders but that's not super <laughs> important he, uh, he, uh, it was the one that was like all all gold it was weird that was billy zane that was billy zane oh billy one zane of, one of many colonel sanders they had like an ad campaign like fucking every day one was different yeah, they went out. They went all out with yeah. it. I mean, they got Billy, Billy Zane I... to wear gold body paint. So. How the mighty have fallen. That's not my last note, though. My last note, we were confused about the keyhole Hollow Bastion, and I think it's pretty easily summed up with it's probably just where Ant some Seeker of Darkness opened the door. Or, well, Terranort. Uh, Terranort opened yeah. the door. Um, because... It would be in that castle, I think. Yeah, it would be that castle, because that's the symbol. Um, uh, the, the I should be more specific. The heartless symbol is on Ansem the Wise's castle um, in Birth by Sleep, I think. I hope I'm right. That um, I that sounds vaguely familiar, so. Okay. Um, but yeah, he talks about opening this door, and that would make sense um, on how... Uh, rather than seal Hollow Bastion's keyhole, more specifically, it would be this weird, vague, dark 
darkness keyhole. Yeah. But also, but also it would work because that would be the given door to Hollow Bastion's world's heart. If it's you're doing double duty. Words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which we had assumed, but I just can, I found justification not in, so, for it. Not in as certain terms. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was it, and that was backed up by the Ansem report. Um. I think. I think that's everything I have. I even covered fucking Billy Zane. So, whew, that means that means it's time for a whole more confusing thing. We're moving on. We're we're moving on to Chain of Memories next week. Ah, oh. uh, I am actually kind of excited, Joe. I'm excited gonna... because we get to meet like Axel and we uh, so we many can more finally ex- we can finally talk about why the show is called Got It Memorized. Yeah. That would be weird if, like, I guess. Do you think? Do we have listeners that don't know? I mean, I guess someone, the, someone told me that they were, they were like on the like the third episode of listening to the show and was like, oh, now I get why a Kingdom Hearts recap show would be called "Got It Memorized." Yeah. Haha, that's cl- it's like, oh man, we should have been more clear about. <laughs> it's yeah. not just a random nonsense sentence. It's a catchphrase yeah. of a character. It's, it's a catchphrase of a character that I mean, they're kind. They're a big deal in the franchise, but I guess ultimately. If you did not get past Kingdom Hearts 1, you have no idea what yeah. it is. And so. don't matter at all to the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1 in any meaningful way. No, but it's better than just calling our show The Ansem Report, <laughs> which was almost what happened. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Well, we did it. Um, Woo! Um, that was our fucking postmortem for <laughs> kingdom hearts one which i would say i'm happy we're never going to talk about again but god this is going to be the source of probably all of our problems from here on out yep um the fountain from which flows all confusion yeah fuck well um yes i'm a man i'm excited to to move on but i'm also like watching earth or chain of memories is going to be more time consuming for me and that's like probably the scariest part <laughs> so, yeah we, time management is a a a, a heartless beast yeah. of its own here's the secret kids listeners at home um don't have two podcasts if you already work 40 hours and go to school and have a baby <laughs> i don't know how you do it honestly i also don't know how i do it but i do um speaking of my other podcast i have another podcast called we are watching one piece which we took a week off um hopefully we'll be back on the weekend that we're recording this um jory's moving so it's been up in the air but um uh we talk about the anime one piece um a couple episodes of the anime every time we record so i mean (laughs) last time i said we were on skypea you made fun of me that we've been on that for a while um yeah, but I mean, uh, arcs of anime that are about fifty episodes. This is also why we record this so Ooh. much. We also record this so much more frequently that yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm probably gonna bring it up every time. So, um, you can go watch that um on iTunes or whatever. There's a Twitter for it called uh or at We Are Watching OP. My own personal Twitter is Ghost of Joe, just spelled J O. Um, I one of these days I'm gonna start posting some writing things as soon as i find time to write so cool you 
can hear my voice on Very Random Encounters. It's a tabletop role-playing show where we use random generation to determine as many of the elements as is possible. So all the characters' abilities and their, uh, you know, if it's an RPG with a class system, like what class they are and um, as many, like, personality details as we could easily randomly generate are indeed randomly generated. We're playing Call of Cthulhu this season, so not only is it randomly generated, but it's also spooky, so me and my co-host Logan, who who, I, who edits the show with me, the, the two of us have been having fun putting spooky sound effects, and it, oh, it's set in the 1920s this season too, so we have all of this, like, public domain jazz music that we can, like, make very slow and creepy and put behind things. It's beautiful. Anyway, it's called Very Random Encounters. The season we're doing is very good. Oh, and you should follow Memorize Cast if we didn't already mention that. That's the Twitter for this show, Brilliant. and you can find, and you can you can see me retweeting Kingdom Hearts memes quicker than Joe because I will always <laughs> defeat you in this race to retweet Kingdom Hearts memes. Every time I see a Kingdom Hearts meme, I'm like, I should retweet that. I go and check the account, and it's already fucking yep. there. <laughs> yep. I hate you. You're so powerful. <laughs> It's the, it's the time travel that I do. Yeah, okay. That was Got It Memorized, episode 11.5, Final Mix, Ansem's Report 3, featuring Nick Clay. <laughs> <laughs> also, that was... That was Kingdom Heart. We did it. We did, we did what a lot of people don't and couldn't do. And shouldn't. Shouldn't do. Got, Got it. it Memorized. memorized. Got it. 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 Mem